Our God is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. A new year and a new you, that's the saying everybody's talking about. So what do we do in a new year when we think about uh, missions, God's mission on our life? Today in the Scent Life podcast, we're going to talk about maximizing a new year uh, to make a difference in the people's lives around you. So I want to welcome back into our studio, Dr. Anna Dobb. Thanks. It's great to be welcome. back. Welcome. As we talk about our stories of the Scent Ones, we're always excited for Anna to come in. She brings cool stories with her uh, to, to uh, inform us of things that God either is doing or has done around the world today. Uh, Anna, we're going to talk about Hudson Taylor. We are going to talk about Hudson Taylor. Now, before we started this podcast recording, you mentioned that Hudson Taylor is one of your missional heroes. Yeah, that's the truth. I mean, if I, if I think of one guy who uh, who I would say is the kind of the towering figure in missions, people have theirs, but mine would be Hudson Taylor. Can you tell us a little bit why? <laughs> so, um, Anna, kicking back to me again, uh, the student making the the teacher work. <laughs> so when I think about Hudson Taylor, Hudson Taylor, he's called to missions uh, as a as a young kid, prepares for missions, uh, t- tries to teach himself Chinese when he's in England. And anybody who's ever tried to learn a foreign language not in that country realize that you can't really do it. It's very difficult. Very difficult. Especially gets, a tonal language like Chinese. So he gets off the boat in Shanghai, realizes, man, all this time I've wasted. I don't really know Chinese. Uh, after he's learned the language, he really gets um, burdened with two things. One is that uh, all the missionaries were gathered at the coastline uh, and that there were literally millions of Chinese in the inland that no one was trying to reach. And so Hudson Taylor had a great passion for going into the inland to reach people for, uh, reach people for the gospel. The second was Hudson Taylor really was, was burdened by the fact that his outside-lookingness in other words, the, the fact that he looked like a, a European was a hindrance to his ability to do missions. And sure. so he made some efforts to adjust his dress. He shaved his head, got a ponytail, uh, took off his vest and coat and put on a robe. So he looked really, he said, more like a Confucian monk uh, than, wow. uh, than a British preacher. So how was that received? Well, by the Chinese, it was received really well, but wow. by the Europeans, not well at all. Ooh. In fact, he was criticized as uh, going native and uh, really almost have lost his faith. Um, but uh, it, was a, it was a real crisis. Uh, but Hudson Taylor persisted and really became an example of contextualization of how we uh, take our cues from the culture to adjust our ministry so that people can hear and understand the gospel. He realized that, that looking like a foreigner meant that the gospel sounded like a foreign message, hmm. not one that, that uh, Chinese could actually believe and follow. A third thing that I really like about Hudson Taylor is he founded his own missionary society. He did. Uh, later founded the China Inland Mission, which was the largest, most influential missionary society of its time and even exists to today, a different name. Uh, but the same movement that was started by Hudson Taylor continues even today. Now, that was my story, but you're supposed to come in with your own story. So what is it about <laughs> Hudson Taylor that jumps out to you? I mean, you've covered a lot of the things that I would talk about with Hudson Taylor. I do think it's important to mention that there's some people who believe that Hudson Taylor was one of the visionaries who saw the importance of single women in missions. Right? Um, and, and and he really, through his endeavors, uh, opens up some opportunities for women to be able to join him in this uh, China Inland Mission. Now, 
I think this is a fascinating quote, so yep. I wanted to share it with you. Ruth Tucker, in a book called uh, From Jerusalem to Irian Jaya, says that few missionaries in the 19th century since the Apostle Paul have had a wider vision and have carried out a more s- systematic plan of evangelizing a broad geographic area than did James Hudson Taylor. Yep. Great guy. A guy that we would encourage you to learn more about, read more about. Like I said, he's really my hero. If you were to stack them all up, he, he stands at the top of the charts for me. Others have their own heroes. But Anna, thanks for coming and talk to us about Hudson Taylor. Thank you. Or at least making me talk about him. Exactly. Hey, welcome to the Scent Life. Uh, welcome to the Scent Life studio. Keelan is here. Happy New Year, Keelan. Happy New Year, Scott. So what's going on in the cookhouse? Well, there is a cookhouse now, and hey. so that's, uh, that's the big thing, I think, for us, is we've just here in the last week or so started moving into our new home here in Wake Forest. That's right. You moved out of temporary quarters into permanent quarters. We're glad you guys are here. Did you have a good Christmas? Little kids? We did, in fact. We somehow cajoled both sets of grandparents to show up here for Christmas, uh, and we staggered their visits and stuff, but we've had gracious probably a week and a half of christmas and so it was a really good time that's great that's great hey keelan so you know this but today's a special day we have a celebrity in the scent life studio that's right nathan our podcast studio engineer was listed in the top 10 most fascinating uh southern baptist nathan congratulations man you we're we're in the presence of uh, royalty or something today Thank you so much. You guys are so kind, and I don't know if I deserve this title, but that was a huge encouragement for me, and especially and not only for me, but for the persecuted Church of Iran and the people that we are working with. Uh, just to have you guys here, our brothers and sisters in the United States, and as an Iranian-American, I'm really blessed uh, to have this beautiful, supporting uh, family and um, thank you so much, and thank you for your, all your prayers. Um, the church in Iran is growing, and this is a reminder for me that we are a family, a body. Uh, it doesn't matter that where we live, uh, we are one, and so uh, it's beautiful. Thank you. Man, your congratulations. Of course, it's, of course it's an honor that, uh, that's worth having. For those of you who don't know, all joking aside, uh, our, our, one of our sister podcasts, SBC Today, uh, recognized the 10 most fascinating uh, Southern Baptist of the past year, and Nathan made the list, and because of his ministry uh, to the persecuted Christians around the world, and so we're super proud about that, and uh, you'll hear more about that in the coming weeks. There's some other outlets that have picked up the story, and uh, so we'll be seeing more about that, but Keila, we really are. I mean, you and I got to up our game here. Indeed. So, Indeed, we sure do. In fact, I kind of feel like we could just land the plane right there after what Nathan said. I think so. I think so. But we can't because people are trying to listen for, for real podcasts. So listen, today <laughs> we're talking about um, uh, New Year. You know, everybody talks about, hey, this is the new year. Um, Want to do some things different. And really, sent life. Uh, God has us on a mission. God places us where we are uh, so that the people around us can be uh, improved. Uh, but not just self-improvement, right? That's what we're thinking about at New Year's. People, you know, want to lose weight, balance their budget, whatever else is going on. Uh, but this really is a new year. So what are some thoughts that we have about uh, maximizing the change in the calendar for God's mission? Yeah, that's just, 
So for us in general, as Christians, if we're paying attention to what's going on around us, the calendar presents several great opportunities. We talked about this some last in right. last season. At the end, we were talking about Christmas and how the holidays are an opportunity for us to be on mission with those around us uh, through hospitality. Well, uh, the beginning of the year creates yet another opportunity for us to think about that, both as pastors with our own congregation. Uh, how do we set out our, our church uh, and our congregation in a, in a direction that thinks about, hey, we've got a new year in front of us. What are we going to be doing to make sure we as a church are on mission? Uh, but also the world around us right now, right. Uh, the people in our community, our neighborhoods, they're thinking to us. Uh, uh, they're thinking uh, about their life. Uh, we all know about New Year's resolutions and, and what happens at that phase where there's a bit of self-examination that happens right now. And so that's obviously an opportunity for us to be able to lean into that with maybe some gospel-centered answers that can provide a real hope. Right. I think that's the real theme of today's podcast. It's not a new year, uh, so we as uh, as Christians on mission make some type of resolution. Of course, there's nothing wrong with that, right? I sure. can look at my past year and think, hey, I made a plan to talk to my neighbors about Jesus and I didn't, or I made a plan to uh, to make a difference in my neighborhood or with my church, and I didn't do that, I want to make a difference. So we can always use the turn of the calendar for self-evaluation. But as a missionary, somebody's living on mission, we're really looking around us for what God is doing. We join him in his mission, calling people to himself. Like I said, this turn of the calendar, a lot of people around us really do have this motto, new year, new you. I want to be a new person. Well, that brings with it several things. First of all, I'm sort of evaluating my life, right? In November or December, I might think, hey, I got it all together. But now there's something about the new the new turn of the calendar. I'm thinking, how well did I do this past year? What can I improve? Well, that automatically could be an open door to talk about the gospel. As people talk about areas in their life that they want to improve or areas of brokenness or blessing, what God has done so it really does open this door that we can can maximize what's already taking place and leverage that to share the gospel with the people around us. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Uh, one of the things that I think is really interesting about what happens concerning New Year's resolutions in general, I feel like you have early phase resolution season and late <laughs> phase resolution season. And I think both of those, when we view them through the right lens, create opportunities to have gospel conversations Good. with people. That early phase, the I'm getting geared up, I'm getting excited about, oh, I'm going to make this do change in my life, and I'm going to start working out more, and I'm going to start doing this. And so there's almost a, a hopeful well, I'm going to do better this year mm. at whatever it is I want to do. And in that phase, we have an opportunity to talk to people about what they would like to change. Good. Then there's the late phase that very frequently comes, you know, two, three, four weeks later when— Beginning of February. Yeah, the beginning of February, By let's Valentine's say. Day for sure. Uh, we're looking back saying, wait a minute, all those things that I said I was going to accomplish in my life, have I really done any of right. them? And so that creates a very different—so uh, you've kind of got a crest and a trough, yeah. so to speak, yeah. on the emotions yeah. with this. And I think both of those are opportunities for us. Right. Yeah, I'm thinking, you know, when we think about um, uh, opportunities, God opens the door for— us to engage people around us with the gospel. Um, a year or so ago, I wrote a book, Sharing Jesus Without Freaking Out, and really the theme of the book was was engaging in gospel conversations in normal life with normal people uh, and, and seeing how God is working around us. And this is where we can see this happening. Then how do we join the conversation? We think about all the Bible teaches us about hope and failure, what mm -hmm. the Bible teaches us about uh, the intents of our heart 
and how those don't always pan out the way that we want them to be. Every one of those becomes a platform for for acknowledging, you know, hey, you had a New Year's resolution and it didn't work out. Is that different than any other year? Is it different than anything else? Think about Romans when Paul says, the things that I want to do, I don't do. The things that I don't want to do, those are the things that I do. So you could really, if you're having a conversation with someone going into New Year's, the the, 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 the ebb and the flow, the, the, the high point, I'm going to do this, or the low spot, you could say, you know, that reminds me of something I read in the Bible one time. And I've learned over the years that that one phrase piques people's attention. Because they really don't expect the Bible to say anything about what's happening in the real world, right? Absolutely. And so, you know, somebody says, you know, I had, I had this resolution I was going to balance my budget or eat right or read more, whatever, and I haven't done it. And if you were to say, man, that reminds me of something I read in the Bible. Really? What did you read? But, you know, Paul, one of the greatest Christians that ever lived, wrote most of the Bible, actually had the same uh, struggle with his own types of New Year's resolutions. Just then tell him about Romans 8. And then at the end of that, this will be your Bible quiz, Keelan. Paul gives the solution for the fact that what he wants to do, he doesn't want to do. What he doesn't want to do, that he does. And he says the solution is what? It's Jesus, right? That's right. Oh, what a wretched man am I. What can rescue me? He talks about the gospel. This really gives us a platform for doing that. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that I think uh, is helpful here, so the power phrase uh, you know, that reminds me of something I've read in the Bible. I think mm-hmm. it's a great phrase for us to just stick into our conversation with people all the time. The um, uh, other thing that I think I'd encourage people to do here is become inquisitive of Good people. Uh, asking questions is always a great way to be able to open up some of these kind of situations, right? And now is an excellent time to lay out some questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's a real easy moment to ask people if they have New Year's resolutions. Hey, mm-hmm. I'm starting to sit down and think through my habits this year. Have you been doing the same? What are they? And then uh, an interesting follow-up question, I think, that really starts leading to the the heart motives of people is why. Hmm. Sim- simply put, like, so this is, a, this is a habit you're wanting to create or this is a thing you're wanting to change about yourself. Why is that significant to you? Why is that an important thing uh, for you? Why, why is that what made your list, essentially? Yeah. And that gives you an opportunity to really start getting at some of the motivations mm-hmm. behind what's going on in their heart. That's a really good point. Good point. You know, next week we want to come back uh, with our podcast and really give uh, one uh, practical handle on uh, making a difference this year. So we want to this little teaser for next week. Um, but Keelan, as you think about conversations, the questions you you talked about asking, what would be some some guidelines or some points that you might think that that folks who think, okay, I might, maybe I've never thought about New Year's as anything more than me making my own resolutions, but what might be some some tips or some guidelines for asking good questions or leading into conversations? that say for the next month or six weeks, we could really have our eyes open and our spiritual antenna up, this may be a chance for me to talk about Jesus. Yeah, I think there's two or three real practical steps that we can consider here on this issue. Uh, Step one, we often, I think, have a tendency, at least I see it some in Christian social media and circles that I run in some, to belittle the New Year's resolution Mm. conversation Mm. and kind of take a, well, resolutions aren't really the way that a Christian should approach things. And that may or may not be true, But if and when we're talking to people uh, and wanting to get into some of these kind of gospel conversations, criticizing what they're doing on the front end is probably not the way to start. So let's avoid the, you know, you really shouldn't do it that way Mm. conversation. 
on, on the get-go and instead try to open them up to further conversation instead of shutting down what they're doing in a critical spirit. So that's step one is let's not shut down the conversation before it ever starts. In addition to that, I would encourage you uh, to think through for yourself what are the habits that I really am planning on working on this year so that I can dialogue with others about those? And you may not be a big resolutions person. You don't have to be. But in general, those of us who are concerned about our sanctification are probably working on something or at least need to be. What are the, the disciplines, the habits, the practices in my own life that I feel like are important for me to be working on? And then you need to know the answer to that why question mm. too. This gives you material to be able to have that conversation with others. And then again, once you've got some stuff to be able to dialogue about and the significance of those things for you, which create a ton of gospel anchors themselves, then you have the opportunity to ask others and be able to dialogue with them about it as well. And so we come back to those questions uh, about resolutions or, hey, are, are you a resolutions person? Mm-hmm. If so, what are you doing with that this year? And and then have that why question. That's great. I love that. You know, and- to go with that, obviously, we don't want to change the conversation more pop psychology. You know, uh, we may want to live better lives and turning over a new leaf every once in a while may be an OK thing to do. But but as Christians, we know the ultimate end isn't just to live a better life here. So we're pointing people uh, to a relationship with Jesus. So we ask open ended questions. We have a conversations. I think at the end of the day, what we're talking about is just be friends with people. That's right. And, and if we're friendly with people, then it opens the door for conversation. We're talking about what people are talking about and making the most of what's taking place in our culture right now, which is seizing the day as people talk about uh, New Year, New You, improving themselves. Keelan, thanks for being with us today on uh, on The Scent Live. Nathan, congratulations for your, for your honor. And uh, we'll trust the Lord uses that greatly uh, in your ministry. And we thank you so much for being here listening to us on The Scent Life. Uh, We want to ask you, if you would, to like the podcast, to share this with other people, subscribe, hit the subscribe button uh, on the podcast so that you get this on a regular basis. Also, in a month or so, we want to do a special question and answer podcast where you may have some things that are burning in your mind, some some questions you have. If you'll send those in to one of our social media uh, platforms, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, we'll be glad to address as many of those as possible. So go ahead and begin doing that, and that'll help us out for some future podcasts. Again, thanks so much for being with us in The Scent Life today. Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary exists to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. Located in Wake Forest, North Carolina, we offer over 40 degrees, ranging from a Bachelor of Arts to a Doctor of Philosophy. The Master of Divinity is Southeastern's flagship degree for anyone seeking to be thoroughly equipped to serve their local church through a variety of ways. Since 1950, Southeastern has grown its student body to more than 5,000 students who seek to minister in the U.S. and around the world. We believe that theological education is more than just building knowledge. It's about becoming who God has called you to be. No matter how God is calling you to serve, Southeastern will come alongside you and help you to grow in your faith and go to reach the lost. If you're interested in learning more, check out sebts.edu to find out how God might be calling you to go next. Use the code THESENTLIFE, all caps, no spaces, and Southeastern will waive your application fee.
Hey, welcome back to our segment, Out of the Tower, where we take uh, principles that we uh, teach in our classrooms to our students, and we try to give them to you in bite-sized chunks to give a real practical handle on how to do this thing of living the Scent Life on mission. And as we do each week, we welcome my friend Dr. George Robinson into our Scent Life studios. Dr. Robinson, welcome. Hey, glad to be here. What do we got this week, George, for our our Out of the Tower segment? We're going to talk about how to make them wish it were true. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. What's we got? So Blaise Pascal said a long time ago that uh, we need to communicate uh, the truths of Scripture in such a way as to make people wish they were true because they are. Wow. And so that's one of the things I think we oftentimes as Christians suffer uh, with with our evangelism is that uh, we tend to unfold prepackaged uh, concepts and ideas, and we don't talk about the gospel in compelling ways. Mm. And so you have to uh, sharpen your storytelling skills. You think about it, like um, if you watch a news segment and you see on that news segment they're giving uh, the latest stat, Mm -hmm. uh, statistic for some thing that's going on, maybe it's COVID or whatever, they don't just give the stat, they add a story to that. The stat is the fact, but the story is the vehicle that carries the fact. And so it's really important for us, if we're going to make people wish the gospel were true, because it is, is. then we need to learn how to share our story and how to share God's story in such a way that's compelling. And one of the biggest uh, things that I can encourage your listeners to Mm -hmm. do is uh, to to learn how to think and speak biblically about heaven. Mm. Um, You know, we think through uh, church history, uh, you've got things like the Renaissance period where um, you know, Michelangelo paints on the roof of the Sistine Chapel, and you've got naked babies floating on clouds playing harps and everything. That's just not a compelling vision right. when it comes to heaven. Um, and nor are some of the book series and movie series and everything that talk about heaven as right. well. So when you look at the end of the true story of the whole world, what mm-hmm. you find is a really compelling picture. The story begins in a garden in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, mm-hmm. And it ends in a city, and that city is a place of unimaginable beauty Mm. and creativity. And so uh, heaven, uh, what is most indicative about heaven in Revelation chapter 22 is that God has made his dwelling there in our midst. Mm. And so everything is in relation to him. And so one of the things that I've uh, done and tried to train others to do is to begin to talk about heaven in such a way as to make them wish it were true. You think about even culturally mm-hmm. all the songs out there that mention heaven. If I say, think of a song, name a song right now that that talks about heaven in some way, you're going to come up with everything from Brian Adams right. to Bruno Mars right. to, to Led Zeppelin. Right. Right. All of these songs talk about heaven, and they're all reduced and and myopic and man-centered. But if we can begin to talk about the gospel, tell the true story of the whole world in such a way as to make them wish it were true, what we'll find is our evangelism will lead them to see that it actually is. That's a great point. What a great point. We want to share the gospel in such a way that people just are compelled, they're drawn into it, as opposed to just right. listing some facts like we're trying to sell them something. That's right. Great point. Thanks for being with us, Dr. Robinson, as we step out of the tower and onto the streets. Appreciate you tuning in this week for The Scent Life. Sweet.